Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wa salatu salam ala Rasulillah. The Prophet Ibrahim salam has a great place and many virtues and merits as described in the Noble Quran and the Prophetic Sunnah. We will consider some Quranic stories that how that clarify how Ibrahim salam attained this high station with his Lord. This was certainly due to his patience, sincerity, and his dedication to calling others to Allah with the complete submission and full compliance with the commands of Allah the Exalted no matter what and under every circumstance. One of the most difficult situations faced by Ibrahim salam in the beginning of his mission was when he invited his father Azar to Islam. The Noble Quran narrated their dialogue in the most eloquent and clear fashion from Surat Maryam verses 41 to 45 and mentioned in the book Ibrahim verily he was a man of truth a prophet when he said to his father O my father why do you worship that which hears not sees not and cannot avail you in anything O my father verily there has come to me knowledge that which came not unto you so follow me I will guide you to a straight path O my father do not worship shaitan. Indeed, shaitan has ever been to the most merciful disobedient. O my father, verily, I fear lest a torment from the most beneficent overtake you so that you may become a companion of shaitan. Our focus today is not to highlight Ibrahim salam's excellent methodology in calling to Allah the Exalted, starting with, the, with selecting the most appropriate phrases, such as repeatedly using the phrase Ya Abati in Arabic, which is more extra expressive than the phrase Ya Abi. Also, the manner of presenting the case convincingly in a logical and rational manner, without belittling or demeaning the person being addressed. Also, being careful to establish an atmosphere of friendliness, love, kindness towards the addressee, especially in this case when it was his father who has do right, who had due rights, respect, and reverence. It is well known that Ibrahim salam is the master of constructive and logical dialogue, supported by strong and compelling arguments. Rather, today our focus is in highlighting the extent of Ibrahim's patience to bear psychological and moral abuse before the physical and material harm from his father's unexpected response. His father, the closest of people to him, would normally be the most helpful and supportive. From Surat Maryam verse 46, his father said, Do you reject my gods, O Ibrahim, if you do not stop? I will indeed stone you, so get away from me safely before I punish you. Next look at the amazing response that indicates the utmost wisdom and rationality coupled with turning to Allah in these contentious moments from Surat Maryam from verses 47 to 48. Ibrahim said, Peace be upon you. I will ask forgiveness of my Lord for you. Verily, he is unto me, ever most gracious. And I will leave you and those you invoke other than Allah and will invoke my Lord. I expect that I will not be in my invocation to my Lord unhappy. How similar is it is it to the heart-wrenching and difficult situation faced by our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as narrated in the Hadith.
When Abu Talib's death approached, the Prophet went to him while Abu Jahl and Abdullah bin Abi Umayyah were present with him. The Prophet Muhammad said, O uncle, none has a right to be worshipped except Allah. Say, none has a right to be worshipped except Allah, so that I may argue your case before Allah. On that, Abu Jahl and Abdullah bin Abi Umayyah said, O Abu Talib, do you want to renounce the religion of Abdul Muttalib? Then the Prophet ﷺ said, I will keep asking Allah forgiveness for you until I am forbidden to do so. Then the verses were revealed from Surah At-Tawbah. It is not for the Prophet and those who have believed to ask forgiveness for the polytheist, even if they were relatives, after it has become clear to them that they are companions of the hellfire. And the request of forgiveness for Ibrahim for his father was only because of a promise he had made to him. But when it became apparent to Ibrahim that his father was an enemy to Allah, he disassociated himself from him. Indeed, Ibrahim was compassionate and patient. And Allah says from Surah Al-Qasas, verse 56, Verily, you guide not whom you like, but Allah guides whom he wills, and he knows best those who are guided. Perhaps you can sense the extent of the pain, the shock, the heartbreak, and the bitterness that the messengers and the prophets encountered when calling to Allah. Due to the stubbornness of the people, especially the closest of people to them, they did not accept their invitation. Rather, in some cases, they fought against them and blocked people. Next, let us live with another story narrated by the Qur'an, Surah Ibrahim, verse 37. Our Lord, I have settled some of my offspring in an uncultivated valley near your sacred house, our Lord, that they may establish prayer, so make hearts among the people inclined towards them, and provide for them from the fruits that they might be grateful. And the complete story was mentioned in a long hadith related by Ibn Abbas from the Prophet Muhammad wasallam. Ibrahim السلام, brought his wife and her son Ismail السلام, while she was nursing him to a place near the Kaaba under a tree on the spot of Zamzam at the highest place in the mosque. In those days there was no human being in Mecca nor was there any water. So he, made, he, he had them sit there and, and placed with them a leather bag containing some dates and gave them a small water skin with water and he went homewards. Ismail's mother followed him, saying, O oh Ibrahim, where are you going, leaving us in this valley where there is no person whose company we may enjoy, nor is there anything to enjoy? She repeated that to him many times, but he did not look back at her. Then she asked him, Has Allah commanded you to do so? He said, Yes. She said, Then he will not neglect us. She returned while Ibrahim proceeded onwards. Having reached the Taniyya, where they could not see him, he faced the Kaaba, raised both his hands, and supplicated, Our Lord, I have settled some of my offspring in an uncultivated valley near your sacred house. Our Lord, that they may establish prayer, so make their hearts among the people inclined toward them, and provide for them from the fruits that they might be grateful. Picture this situation, which most, if not all of us, have passed through. Imagine that you have a son or daughter that has been accepted to study in a school or university that's out of town, in another state, in another country, and you are preparing for them to travel there. What do you do? 
you would strive your utmost to avail factors ensuring their comfort, reassurance, and safety. Perhaps you yourself may even take a trip there beforehand to gauge the general situation and choose the best neighborhoods in terms of living conditions, services, security, transportation, and health care. Next, imagine that very moment when you say goodbye to them. Return to your home and leave them to make their way and build their future. Compare your feelings and emotions at the moment of separation with the feelings of emotions of Ibrahim during the similar moment despite the great differences in the two situations. In this one situation, it's marked by convenience, convenience stores, uh, takeaway foods, comfort, abundance, while the other by hardship, scarcity, drought. In one situation, their safety and security, while the other is marked by fear, apprehension, and uncertainty. In one situation, there is future and life, and in the other, there is loss and uncertainty. So that you can feel the degree of the heartbreaking pain that Ibrahim felt when he left his wife and infant son in this place, only seeking the pleasure of Allah and in complete submission to his command. Let us live with another situation that I firmly believe is the most difficult situation, serious affliction, and severe trial that Prophet Ibrahim was subjected to during his mission in calling to Allah. Allah described it as such. From Surah Tasafat, verse 106, Indeed, this was a clear trial. It was more difficult than facing King Nimrud, who was an unjust and oppressive tyrant. Ibrahim challenged him with the power of truth and logic and was indifferent to any torment that he may suffer as a result of this challenge. And it was easier for him than the day that he was thrown into the fire because he broke the idols that his people worshipped. This situation was the most difficult faced by Ibrahim. And if the Quran did not narrate this story, one would say that it is fiction. From Surah to Safat, verses 101-106, we gave him glad tidings of a forbearing boy. And when he was old enough to work with him, he said, O my son, indeed, I have seen in a dream that I must sacrifice you, so see what you think. He said, O my father, do as you are commanded. You will find me, if Allah wills, of the steadfast. And when they, were both, when they had both submitted and put him, put him down upon his forehead, and we called out to, to him, O Ibrahim, you have fulfilled the vision. Indeed, we thus reward the doers of good. Indeed, this was the clear trial. Unleash your imagination and think about the situation. A man who reached an advanced and old age was blessed with a son, who then worked with him, helped him, assisted him with the hardships of life. Ibrahim naturally, his heart became attached to him. And then he saw in a dream that he would slaughter him, simply a dream. Jibreel did not descend commanding him with this grave matter. But in the hadith narrated by Ibn Abbas, the dreams of the prophets are divine inspiration. He was ordered to slaughter. If it was simply killing by drowning in the sea or throwing off a cliff, it would have been easier than slaughtering. However, we are talking about Ibrahim. Yes, it was an indication, just an indication, not a direct revelation or a direct command, but merely a vision from his Lord. This was enough for Ibrahim to respond and comply without complaining and asking his Lord why should he sacrifice his only son. And at the same time, he was not annoyed. 
he was not disturbed, nor was he in turmoil when he responded. He responded with acceptance, he responded with contentment, he responded in a reassuring and calm manner. Ibrahim is a wonderful and unique model of fully complying with Allah's command and absolute submission to his decree as indicated in the Quran. When his Lord said to him, Submit, he said, I have submitted to the Lord of the worlds. O Muslims, we must learn from this noble story that Iman is not simply a word that is uttered. It is a reality that comes with obligations, a trust that comes with a burden, a struggle that requires patience, and an effort that requires enduring. It is not enough for people to say we believe without being subjected to trials. By being steadfast through it, they come out pure, like the fire purifies the gold from the, gold from the contaminants of the gold ore. And the messengers of Allah Almighty reach their high status only after trials and purification. That's why Allah tests us with afflictions. We are the followers of their, these messengers. Allah commanded us to sacrifice for his sake and not place anything from this worldly life above him. Allah only wants Islam and submission, so that nothing occupies people away from Allah or turns them away from his commands, or that nothing is valued more than him, whether it is their children, families, relatives, wealth, dwellings, businesses, self, or even life. Servants of Allah, indeed Allah orders justice and good conduct and giving to relatives and forbids immorality and bad conduct and oppression. He admonishes you that perhaps you will be reminded. Hada wa salatu salam ala rasulillah.